Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson, fresh from the DR. How's it going today, Chuck? Feeling fresh. Feeling fresh. Yeah. I, th- I got a little bit of a tan, not much, because, you know, sunscreen. It's, just I looks red. supposed to be important. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just a little redder than I was before. Yep. Charlie's always red, by the way. If you're not watching on YouTube or on TikTok or anything, he's got this skin, this awful, awful skin condition. (laughs) (laughs) It just causes him to be red all the time. Smells funny. The dogs are always bothering. We're constantly having to remove the red from the videos (laughs) to make Charlie look normal. But anyway, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And last week was five days in a row of not wanting to. We were not here. Charlie was gone. I was also gone. Uh, although not not on vacation, had some family stuff to uh, to deal with, and now we're back. Here we are, the whole week off. That's the big news of the day: is it that is. we're back. And uh, Charlie, I think, you this, look- I think this redness comes from my natural uh, my. You know, uh, I think I I think it's the Cherokee in me. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> when I when I sure when I applied to college, I filled out the Native American. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's how I got in. That's totally fine nowadays. Mm-hmm. Did you look at any political news while you were gone? No. No. I saw a couple now, things on... That's kind of a normal week. <laughs> I, I saw a couple things on TikTok, you know, when I was uh, when I had time to to just do a little TikToking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did see a few things, but no. I, yeah, I didn't pay attention to much, to be honest with you. I removed Twitter from my phone. I removed the news app from my phone. I did not look at Facebook. I did not look at any political news whatsoever. Uh, I even unsubscribed, unfollowed some podcasts so I wouldn't see the titles come through on my podcast app. I only followed like stock market podcasts. That was it. So I wouldn't see any news. And you know what I found out to the detriment of uh, our daily show that we have here is that most of the stuff doesn't matter all that much. Like I, I lived my life last week. 
and everyone else lived their lives. There's probably a ton of dumb stuff that happened last week that we were going to get all upset about and complain about and, and be all stressed and everything. And the world just kept on a turning. It kept going. Uh, it, and, and everyone's fine. Mm. Most people, some people died, but yeah. everyone else is fine. You know, your, your aunt passed away. That yes. was a somber, very sad about that time. Uh, that's, that's why one of the reasons I was gone for the entire week and Charlie, um, he had heard that she wanted to go to the Dominican Republic. So he went there to get that and to bring Ray Liotta's body back from the Dominican Republic. That was the other thing that I said on Friday before I left. So, uh, so when, enough, enough of this grimness. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about, there's one thing. I did hear about it, like a couple shootings potentially, like in Chatt- Chattanooga's. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, but they what they found there was they took that person and they moved him over the Bel Air, and now th- they think that his aunt and uncle are going to do a better job raising him, and so they're not going to have any issues with that. That's that'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we figured that part out yeah. already. That's, that sounds like a show. They should do a show about that. Yeah, yeah, they should. <laughs> if I knew someone in Hollywood, I would I would throw that out there. But um, then there was a uh, potential mass shooting that was stopped. I did see that. I saw that article in the Discord. Um, I, I did. I did not see that hardly anywhere. But I saw there, that on, but there was I, one. I saw it on TikTok. Really? Yeah. How about so that? That was nice. You know, that actually happened. That article was from May 27th, so that actually goes before last week um, for the one that I believe maybe Jeff posted in the group. Um, Those were the two things that I saw on vacation was uh, I, I saw a few shooting things, few pew pews. And then I saw a bunch of inflation stuff. How about this for the uh, libertarians that are in the group? The Mises caucus just took over the party. And all oh, that's right. All will uh, be right uh, with the world now. The Ron Paul revolution. The Ron Paul for revolution. The, for the Mises caucus. Has happened. Uh, now we're going to have, I, I wasn't trying to, uh, I wasn't trying to be a jerk when I was talking about that. I hope everything goes well for them. I hope that they are able to usher in the change and bring about the second coming of Ron Paul and and be able to get a lot more votes for the Libertarian Party. I think that that would be valuable. messaging. Better messaging because it, it was, in fact, the messaging that led me to leave the Libertarian Party in 2020. And so maybe they won't mess up on the messaging part. And we're going to have someone probably on the show this week to come in and talk about that. And we'll see what the plans are for the future. So I listened to Dave Smith's podcast where he talked a lot about it, and he's obviously been talking about it quite a bit for uh, for a while now. What do you guys think in the group about that? Are you pumped? Do you think this is going to solve um, a lot of the problems? Do you think it's better, you know, better than it was going to be, I guess? I don't know. So you, you just let us know in that group. That took place last weekend in Reno. Mm-hmm. I was in Nevada too, but I was in Vegas. Yeah. Where the cool people I, yeah. hang out. I was, you know, a few hours away from Reno, and I heard the echoes mm-hmm. through the desert sand. Yeah. You saw, could you see the Ron Paul signal up in the air mm-hmm. from there? Okay. Yeah. There was a big M in, in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the one thing you mentioned just a second ago that made it through my filter of political news where I would not allow any of it through, the one thing I still heard about, like what you just said, was inflation and gas prices. Because that's what my family was talking about, because your day-to-day life is affected by the price of all the things that you buy and use and consume on a daily basis. Gas prices have affected me uh, 
quite a bit because I drive back and forth between Illinois and Chattanooga like uh, once or twice or, or sometimes six times a month. And so that's that's led to a lot of gas expenses for sure. So I'm sure everyone is noticing that in the price of everything. And that's the one thing that filtered through among all of the other stuff that's going on was people talking about gas prices. That was it. And this, see, this is when people do start to care about politics is when it starts to affect them. With them. Exactly. Their lives. Yes. Your particular life. So food prices are up. Gas prices are up. And of course, you know, you hear it's, it's all greed mm-hmm. and Putin. I got to tell you, in the Dominican Republic, I met uh, one guy who's Ukrainian, but he hasn't lived there for seven years. Um, he didn't want to be known as the, he. He basically was like, look, I was trying to get out of Ukraine as quick as possible because I can, that, he's like, that country sucks. <laughs> so he moved to Canada uh, like as soon as he turned 18 because uh, he wanted to get out of the Ukraine because he said it was there were like no opportunities and it was horrible. Then we met another guy. Uh, from Russia who was staying at the resort, but he like, at first he lied and then he was like, he kind of whispered. He's like, I'm from Russia, but I don't want to tell people that cause I'm, I don't like what's going on over there. So I kind of felt bad for that dude. He was just a nice guy strolling yeah. the beaches, had, had a big giant beer the whole time, just trying to enjoy his vacation. And he felt bad that, but you know, cause he's mad about Putin's price hike. That's what he's mad about. We have issues in the group there, by the way, I was trying to figure that out. Okay. So yeah, we know I'm watching the chat right now, but I just figured we'd we would keep going. We either lost uh, sound or video or both, and I've I've had issues with the internet kind of going in and out today. We lost all technology control. Mm-hmm. Just lost all technology controls. All Houston, I, we have a problem. We got it back for right now. I was paying attention to the group and did see it. Just want to let everyone know that I was hard at it, not figuring out what the heck was going on. So anyway, Charlie uh, met this. Uh, Russian guy and uh, they became best friends is what I heard of the story. So that's good. I'm <laughs> just filling everyone in mm, on yeah. the story. Uh, no, the uh, Charlie, if you want to go into this first article here from CNN, we're going to work on the gas price and inflation problem that we have right now because Biden, our fearless leader, is working on our energy problem that we have right now, which I've, I thought it was hilarious what they decided they're going to do today because God save the king. Yeah. He's, he's listen, he cares about our problems, mm-hmm. but we're going to, we're going to line up the shot real quick. We're going to tell everyone the problem and explain what's going on with this problem with gas and energy. And then ask some tough questions. If we ever get to them towards the end of this episode, before we get on to the next show. And so anyway, Charlie, what's going on with gas prices right now? All right. From CNN's gas prices surged 25 cents in a week. Hitting a new record. The national average jumped to 487 a gallon, which, by the way, even at our little uh, shop here on the corner that used to be, be under $4 and everybody was over 4 I just passed by it, 467 So we're pretty close to that national average there. That's up $0.25 cents in the past week and $0.59 cents in the past month. There are now 10 states where the average price of gasoline is $5 a gallon or higher with the latest being Michigan and Indiana, Washington, D.C., is also above $5. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts are just pennies away, which is weird because usually it's higher over there no matter what. Georgia is the only state with an average below $4.30 a gallon. Unfortunately, prices could continue to climb. Veteran oil, veteran oil analyst Andy Lipow 
told CNN he expects the national average to hit 505 a gallon in the next 10 days. Another 20 cents, by yeah. the way. Amanda said she was sick of hearing people complaining about low gas prices. What is it over there in California right now, Amanda? It's got to be pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it's over $7. Ugh. Ugh. Lord. Did you get yourself a bicycle? Have mercy. Bicycle. All right. She just walks. Yeah. Mm. So oil, the biggest component of gasoline prices, continues to get more expensive even after OPEC plus. Let's see. They keep IA, adding to. Adding OPEC. To, they keep adding to their initials. IA plus. <laughs> Do. Uh, we don't want to leave any oil out. No. <laughs> We want to be oil neutral here. So after they announced plans late last week to ramp up production, gas prices have been driven to record highs by a range of factors, mainly Putin, mm -hmm. uh, including strong demand for energy as people drive and fly more. Supply, on the other hand, has failed to keep up. The United States is pumping less oil than before COVID-19 began, and the market is signaling o OPEC pluses increase is too little too late u.s crude jumped to a fresh three-month high of 120.99 a barrel monday morning quote if oil prices go to 150 we're going into a recession there is no way out zandy said do you think we're going into a recession the recession is here we're in it we're in it be that because they don't officially call the recession until get... you've had two quarter two quarters of negative uh, gdp growth and so by the time you get to when they call it a recession, you've already been in the recession for two quarters at that time already. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're kind of already living in that right now. So I, I, I'm feeling it in my pocket. Charlie's probably feeling it in his pocket as he goes to move into this new house. He's going to be feeling it uh, more and more as this is happening. So Let's talk about some of the uh, solutions. Apparently, I'm Biden, feeling it in my mattress. I'm, by, ha I'm having to pull some out. <laughs> by the way, I have this. Uh, I have this chart right here on the screen for everyone watching on YouTube later on. This red line on the screen that is uh, crude oil prices. The blue line right there that's uh, gas prices. And what I've heard a lot of times is, well, the gas prices are are just shooting up way too much. Not even remaining with what the uh, actual per barrel of oil prices are and in fact the gas prices have a lot further up to go if they wanted to get matched up with it in 2020 they were actually linked up together and then even at the beginning of 2021 and now what we see right now is the gas prices could catch up to that pretty pretty soon and that would bring gas prices up into the mid sixes or mid sevens if they want to catch up with where the price of a barrel of oil is right now so there's some problems to take care of right this is an issue this is hitting people's pocketbook and that's not good for re-election so <laughs> there's a reason to worry about that the new york times says that biden has only bad options for bringing down oil prices and they say the president's trip they've been talking about him going to saudi arabia to to meet with people shake some hands mm -hmm. everything i think it'd be hilarious if when he gets there the the prince or whoever it is they're like nah the, never mind you can't come in. don't let him in <laughs> tell them not to let that man in he can't come in here i that's what i would do if i were him mm. just to be funny the president's trip to saudi arabia is unlikely to reduce oil and gasoline prices and it's not clear that anything else he might do would work either there's just nothing you can do to fix this problem at all this problem we're having right now 
that we haven't had a lot of times in the past. In fact, we're dealing with like the highest price we've ever had. There's, there's really no solution for it. There's no way to get back to mm. an equilibrium of supply and demand. The U.S. is the world's biggest oil and natural gas producer, but it accounts for only 12% of the global petroleum supply. The price of oil, the principal cost in gasoline, can shoot up or tumble depending on events halfway around the world. And no president, no matter how powerful or competent, <laughs> can do much to control it. So they're saying is, listen, doesn't matter how much competency Biden has, and we know it's not much, he can't do anything. So this isn't because he's an idiot. Now, if this was Trump... It'd for oh, yeah. sure be all his fault. Definitely his fault. But, and, but the other thing is, is this is partially true. Okay. The president doesn't have that much power. Okay. But the where it's not true is that it's the government as a whole that's a big giant problem. Not only our government, but governments around the world that regulate this stuff and keep people from, uh, well, when the price goes up to uh, produce and uh, provide competition. So in a way, it's it's like there's like I would rate this a half truth. Yeah. Half true? Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. I mean, because how much control does Biden actually have on the price of, of gas? He's got... Uh, Biden himself. Well, he is the president, and there are a lot of bureaucratic agencies that are slowing down the production of oil. Uh, so I do think he has quite a bit of power when it comes to regulations mm -hmm. over oil production. Yes. And uh, oil refineries, stuff like that. Uh, so and I do think he's got... More problem, more power than they are letting on. Two other oil-producing countries that could increase production, Iran and Venezuela, are U.S. adversaries that Western sanctions have largely cut out of the global market, striking any deal with their leaders without securing major concessions on issues like nuclear enrichment or de democratic reforms would be politically perilous for Mr. Biden. So he shouldn't go to them, I guess. Some Republican lawmakers and oil executives have argued that Mr. Biden could do more to increase domestic oil and gas production by opening up more federal lands and waters to oil drilling in places like Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. He could also ease regulations on pipeline construction so Canadian producers could send more oil south. Mm. But even those initiatives, which environmentalists and many Democrats oppose because they would retard efforts to combat climate change. There's a word people don't put in articles near enough would have little immediate impact because it takes months for new oil wells to start producing and pipelines can take years to build. So so we shouldn't, yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't do anything. So they're flat out wrong about that point right there. They're saying that those, would do, those wouldn't do much because it would take months for those things to actually come into effect. And in fact, that is what the prices are reacting to right now. We don't have an oil short. We're not like out of oil right now. They're reacting to future potential prices that they're reacting to future supply and future demand normally two to three months out is really what they're reacting to and so yes doing these things would actually help even if it wouldn't immediately put more oil into the supply chain they tried the immediate thing like releasing all those uh -huh. barrels of oil that they were holding in captivity somewhere it worked for like two weeks it, it barely did anything there's like it hardly a decreased prices but like 10 cents for a couple weeks, mm -hmm. and then that's it. So there, there's just, yes, we need long-term well, solutions. Because you guys have to remember, especially those, everyone who's in the class understands this, who's in the trading class, the The market would react to the news, mm -hmm. okay? So if you open up the pipelines and allow more drilling, like the markets would be like, oh, here's going to be all this supply coming in, and they would react, and the price would adjust accordingly 
to that news because they know that that's supply. Because what, what these giant oil companies do is they trade futures. They trade oil future contracts. That's, they trade futures, and that's what would be affected. So the price would come down pretty quickly. Yeah, just like the price spiked up right when the invasion happened. Like Nothing changed with the oil supply the day that the invasion happened of Ukraine. But people were reacting to potential future supply and demand problems that they were going to be having. Because they knew there were going to be sanctions. Yeah, it wasn't something that happened that day that the oil prices went up a bunch. So uh, let's go back to what they were saying. <clears throat> were the administration to accede to every aspect of the industry's wish list, that would have a modest impact on today's prices because it would mostly be about production in the future said Jason Bordoff, who was an advisor to President Barack Obama. And it would come with substantial downsides politically, socially, and environmentally. I mean, climate, this is worth the cost for climate change. It is worth, and that is really what this comes down to. It would come with substantial downsides politically, socially, and environmentally. That is the reason that they won't do it right now, it is because of the radical environmental left the world's about to be destroyed we have to switch over the solar panels right now uh it's it's because of that and that's why we're not going to do it okay mr biden's aides have been asking u.s oil executives to pump more oil with little success they're trying to get them to pump more and they won't do it can't you just pump more can't you invest billions of dollars to pump more oil for the next month or so please can't you just do that mr oil executive and they just won't do it They just will not do it at all. But the oil companies are reluctant to expand production because they fear drilling more will lead to a glut that will send prices tumbling. It's just price gouging by the oil executives. That's all it is. Venezuela, one major exporter to the U.S., has the world's largest petroleum reserves, but its oil industry has been so crippled that it could take months or even years for the country to substantially increase exports. And it was crippled, of course, by... uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine mm, is yes. what happened in Venezuela, mm. <clears throat> for sure. With also, I, and also, oil prices went negative. Mm-hmm. That's another the problem. Way, the future futures went negative. Speaking of that, let's just jump over to the next article because now we're talking about this. We know what the problem is. Gas prices are going up. Energy prices are going up. Gas prices going up leads to more inflation because every single thing that we have was carried to us on something that is using gas or all the buildings that produce it are all using energy and it creates inflation throughout the entire economy. So this is a very important problem to solve. And here's another part of the problem from the Chevron CEO who had some interesting things to say. Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all this stuff going on in our country. And that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, 
and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. So go once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. Coming from Yahoo Finance, Chevron CEO Mike Worth says he does not expect another oil refinery to be built in the U.S. ever again, pointing to decades of federal government policies as the reason why. Quote, there hasn't been a refinery built in this country since the 1970s. I personally don't believe there will be a new petroleum refinery ever built in this country again. Capacity is added by de-bottlenecking existing units by investing in existing refineries. But what we've seen over the last two years are shutdowns. We've seen refineries close. We've seen units come down. We've seen refineries being repurposed to become biorefineries. And we live in a world where the policy, the stated policy of the U.S. government, is to reduce demand for the products that refiners produce. Worth went on to list examples such as the Corporate Average Fuel Economy, CAFE, standards for fuel efficiency in vehicles that Congress first enacted in the 70s, the renewable fuel standard created in 2005 requiring a certain amount of biofuels like ethanol to replace petroleum-based fuels and electric vehicle tax subsidies. Quote, at every level of the system, the policy of our government is to reduce demand, and so it's very hard in a business where investments have to have a payout period of a decade or more, and the uh, stated policy of the government for a long time has been to reduce demand for your products. Quote, continuing, quote here, how do you go to your board? How do you go to your shareholders and say, we're going to spend billions of dollars on new capacity in a market that the policy is taking you in the other direction? Like, imagine going to your friend and be like, hey, man, well, I got this idea. And I just need to borrow, you know, a few thousand dollars from you. Yeah. Because it's going to be great. Um, that We're going to build this new uh, product. Or we're actually going to enhance. We're going to build a new facility to enhance our product and make it more efficient. Um, and then your friend's like, well, isn't the government trying to like <clears throat> shut this uh, product down? And you're like, well, yeah, but don't worry about that. That's not important. Yeah, just go ahead and give me your money. We need the money right now. With the, does that sound like a safe like, investment to you? Here's the deal, man. There's a product, okay, in Canada, flying off the shelves, lines of people trying to buy all of it. They don't have enough of this thing, okay? I need a billion dollars from you right now and what we're going to do is we're going to start a handgun store in Canada so we can sell handguns to people because they're just flying off the shelves right now. Okay. They can't find enough of those things. You want to give me a bunch of money to start that handgun shop in Canada? No. Why not? There's a shortage. Because they're going to ban them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> <It's> <clears throat> And you don't think investors pay attention to this stuff? I mean, the, if you want to know what's going on in the government, it's really easy to look at investments. That's why we say it's so important, by the way, to at least understand what's going on in the markets, because it can give you, um, it can give you a lot of information about what's going on in the in the government. 
So worst com- comments come as the U.S. grapples with soaring gasoline prices that were already climbing in 2021 amid increased demand and reduced supply and were exacerbated by Western sanctions imposed on Russia uh, for its invasion of Ukraine. The Biden administration has sought to ease the rising prices by releasing a record 180 million barrels from the already depleted, sorry, already depleted strategic petroleum reserve over six months starting in March, which did nothing, by the way. We just went over that. Uh, Quote, we raised our Permian Basin, Permian Basin production growth outlook to 15% this year. So the narrative you hear that the industry is not growing production is not true. We are growing production and our industry is growing production. So he's saying that the whole narrative that they're not producing, that they that they're slowing down, that they won't produce more, that that's not true. They've actually raised it, but they can't refine it enough. And they they're not going to open any more refineries here in the U.S. And uh, they're now we've got a big problem. We got a big issue. And the administration needs to solve this problem, Charlie. What are they going to do to solve this problem? How are we going to solve it? They're going to do what they do best. Do what they do best. They are going to invoke the Defense Production Act for clean energy to help uh, solar panels be produced. That's, yeah. Because the data's proven that there's the most efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So from, uh, from Axios, big news out here today. I know everyone's having an issue with their energy prices going up and up and up. We're going to solve the problem. President Biden will shield solar project developers from the cost of potential trade penalties and offer new federal support for domestic panel manufacturing. The White House said on Monday, the Biden administration plans to provide a two-year reprieve from panel import tariffs that may stem from an ongoing Commerce Department probe of whether Chinese companies are dodging U.S. penalties. We, you know, we can't be looking into China. Biden says, for no reason at all, Biden also plans to invoke the Defense Production Act to boost the manufacturing of panels and other clean energy equipment in the U.S., senior administration officials told reporters Monday morning. Let me just ask you this, right? If there's a massive demand for solar panels, even with the price of oil and everything going up and all the other energy prices going up, why do we need to invoke the Defense Production Act to help people produce solar panels in the United States? Why do we why aren't they just popping up? We don't need to. We don't need to use the Defense Production Act to produce cheeseburgers. You know, it's because the data says it's one of the worst. <laughs> okay, Energy I got you. The uh, storage. The sound just keeps going in and out, and I, and I don't know what to do about it. You know, I'm just going to give up. Very frustrating. Yeah. So it's here. It's there. The sounds here. The sounds there. It just keeps going in and out. And uh, I get a notification every time it happens, just so everyone knows in the Discord. I'm just not entirely sure uh, what to do about it at this moment. It acts like the microphone's disconnecting from the computer, and I'm not pulling it in and out. I can tell you that for Mm. sure. It could have something to do with the 50 videos I recorded for the trading class over the last two days, and I did use the soundboard to record the audio just in case something messed up Mm. elsewhere. Maybe the soundboard's tired. Yeah, it needs a week off. It didn't get the week off. That's that's what it was. It has a stressful week. Biden will take steps to provide U.S. solar deployers the short-term stability they need to build clean energy projects. That's what they need is stability. Mm. It's almost like this is uh, like a plan. This is like part of a plan, you know, that it, it doesn't, it's not really about providing energy for people. It's about providing a specific kind of energy, you know. It's about paying your donors back. Exactly. It's about that specific kind of energy. 
and providing that. And we've been saying this for years now, just years we've been saying this, but you really think the people who run the solar panel companies are these beautiful, virtuous angels who aren't greedy, who don't care about profits, and they're not trying to enrich themselves. But they're any different than the oil executives? <laughs> are they different? No. They're, they're not different. They're just other people. And you know what's really happening here, what I think is happening? <clears throat> the boom of energy and just say electrifying the United States, that was a massive turning point, obviously, in the direction of uh, the planet, of the world, of, of people making tons of money and vast fortune, fortunes and just all these new industries popping up. And we've kind of played that thing out, you know? You're not exactly able to come in and just make new money doing that anymore. So what we need is we need this new industry to come into effect so these new people can make all of this wealth. And so they're directing the administration to make sure we trans transition, this great transition that we're going through, uh, over to clean, quote, quote, unquote, energy, okay? So that's really what's happening right now. We're going to do the Defense Production Act to produce more solar panels. There goes the sound again for a minute, and now it's back. Here we are. And the thing is, solar panels are not going to solve all these problems. Um, it's uh, The estimates I read, about 15 million acres of solar panels is what it would take to power the United States. Then you have storage <clears throat> issues. Yeah, we don't have the batteries. Now, um, we've and, got... And to allude back to the other article here, the White House's goal is 100% of U.S. electricity will come from zero carbon sources by 2035. Mm. So why in the world would anybody build a new refinery or anything like that? Because they know as long as it looks like the left is going to stay in power, which could potentially happen again, they know by 2035, I mean, they're, the, the, the United States government is trying to hit a goal of like literal no more fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. And so like if you're an oil executive and you're looking at this and you're like, hmm, I wonder, wonder what's going to happen here. What are we going to use oil for? Is anybody going to buy any oil anymore? You know, if you do, you'd have to pay people to take it off your hands. I'm sorry. I'm just was watching the microphone turn off and on again. Yeah. How do you go to your investors, your, these billionaires and say, yeah, you get to put all this money into oil refine, refineries. That's what, that's how you're going to make all this money. And no, actually you're not going to be able to make all this money doing that. And that's, that's why the price is staying up where it is. But at least Biden's doing something. Of course, he's transitioning yeah. us over to clean energy. And I I hope to God it works, man. Because if it doesn't, we're effed. Totes, it's going to get more expensive. Totes effed if it doesn't work. Real expensive to heat your house in the and, winter time. And it's going to make everything. Uh, I mentioned the 15 million acres of solar panels, not because... We don't have 15 million acres. It's about the size of the, uh, I think they said the Mojave Desert is, is what it would take. We've got 15 million acres, but what's that going to do to land prices? People think Bill Gates is buying farmland because he wants to control the food supply. He's not buying it because of that. He's buying it because the price of land is about to 10x here in the next few years as all these solar, panels, solar panel companies come in and lease all the land. And they so they use government money. They use government money to lease all the land. They pay farmers more than they would make to even farm the land. I've, there's been companies offering money to my dad and my brother to put solar panels on their land for like 30 year leases. And they pay like it's it's like what you would make farming the land. Not having to do the work. And you don't have to do all the work for it. Mm. And so they're going to come in. They're going to use all of this land. And that's going to create. And that's not just the price of farmland going up, which which makes the price of food go up, that also increases the land value of all the houses, which makes all the home values go up way more than it has. 
this idea that we're going to take 15 million acres of land away from the rest of the market and use it for solar panels, and that's going to help everyone, it's just going to be replaced by extra costs and food and housing and all of that. And then we're going to have to subsidize all that mess. You can't get something out of nothing. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're always trying to do, by the way. That's a big problem we have right now. It's a every, it's this, we've been overcome. We've been overtaken by this idea that we're going to get something out of nothing with all the problems that we have. It's everyone fighting to, to live off of everyone else and somehow get more than what everyone else is even producing. We're all just trying to, we're all trying to get more than what we've put in. And, and maybe that works sometimes, but when eventually you hit a tipping point and more people are trying to do that than the amount of people are producing, you, you end up with some supply problems. And I think that's the issue that we're running into. Eventually people will have to learn that we're not going to be able to get something from nothing, that there ain't no such thing as a free sandwich. Like trying to, Squeeze a turd out of a ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that always smells bad um, when you try to do it. <laughs> so what about this question? Because I know we're going to have to wrap up and the sound issues are really driving me nuts right now. Yeah, I wanted you're, to, you're very distracted. Well, I keep, so you're, I get like a microphone mm-hmm. notification and the sound disconnects on the Discord. It's got your ADHDs out all out of whack. Here's a question. All of this, all of these problems that we've had, I pulled in an article here from CNN talking about how there's been $7 trillion in in market value come out of the blue chip stocks in the S&P 500 this year. Most of that happened after Russia invaded Ukraine. Okay, that that is a thing. So $7 trillion. I've seen estimates up to $12 trillion. They're just talking about the S&P right there. Food prices going up, gas prices going up, sending us into a recession, being in a recession right now. Um, all of this, let's say a major catalyst for it that tipped us over the edge were, were all of the, was, we'll say Russia invading Ukraine. It's actually all of these sanctions that everyone put on Russia after they invaded Ukraine. Much like people will say COVID created a, a massive market downturn. No, it was all of the government responses to COVID that created that. Well, everything, I would say everything started from the shutdown. Yeah, it, this, it did. This all happened, this all started in 2021 with the shutdown, like, which which I feel like was part of the plan to get Trump out of office. We mentioned <laughs> we mentioned this, I think, a uh, week before last, but people are questioning whether or not we're going to go into a recession. We've gone into a recession in like normal years, you know, when we got too many houses or something like that. Mm-hmm. We shut down the, the whole economy for months and then we pumped trillions of dollars into it, and we're questioning whether or not we're going to go into a recession. More money. <laughs> of than course, we're ever, going to. Yeah, more money than we've ever spent ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, we're going to. But here's the question, and it doesn't mean that we don't care about people in Ukraine. It doesn't mean that we support Russia and Putin and all that. Are the sanctions that the world has put on Russia and deciding not to use their oil or their grain or all of their other products? The trillions of dollars that have left just our market, the increase in gas prices, the increase in food prices, uh, the increase in starvation uh, around the world, all of that. Is it worth Is it worth the sanctions on Russia so we can have this moral superiority about being upset about them invading Ukraine? Do you think it's worth it? Well, and Putin's the most evil person that's ever mm-hmm. walked the earth, Nate. Yeah. You know, for Hitler, forget him. Stalin, Mao, psst, yeah, it was a saint. 
compared to Putin. Compared to Putin. Yeah. Putin? You're not saying Mao was a saint. You're saying Mao was a saint compared, compared to Putin. To Putin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the way you have to look at this thing. So, Nate, I mean, I feel like, you know, you always ask yourself, like, if I was alive during Hitler's time, what would I have done to stop it? That you would sacrifice everything, including everyone in America. Everyone's livelihoods. You would, you would sacrifice oh. all the livelihoods to stop the most evil person in the world. The, the livelihood for, for billions of people. Now, there's been... And a, that's, that's, that's the problem here, is that we're not... We, we said this during the pandemic too. They're not taking everything into account. And the reason why we talk about economics more than we talk about anything else on the show is because it is the single most important thing for all of humanity. Okay. Because of the shutdowns, because of now inflation and spending all this money and everything that we've done and we've talked about, you're going to have more people starve to death this year alone than died from COVID in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to have more people who are, um, let's say underfed or undernourished people (laughs) losing their jobs. You're going to have all kinds of thing. I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing about people being (laughs) undernourished. I was laughing about responses in the group with this. That right there is a cliffhanger. Apparently the sound cut out when I said it's the single most important thing for all humanity. Now here's the question for, for the group. Since the sound cut off, I found a way to get it to turn back on pretty quickly now. Or the sanctions on Russia that have that really have exacerbated all of these problems with gas and food and all of that were the sanctions on Russia for our moral superiority about how upset we are about what they did to Ukraine. Are are they worth it? There's been about I hate playing the numbers game. There's been about four thousand uh, four thousand civilians ish die in Ukraine, and that's too many. I don't like it. Okay, I don't like that. There's been four thousand civilians died in Ukraine. Um. What about all the civilians that have died in all the wars that we've run around the world? Like, does that, where, how, how do we come to the point where we get to claim this moral high ground over the deaths of innocent people in a country where we destroy the world's economy and we have to transition the entire world to another form of energy that we don't even have a way to use it yet? We probably killed 4,000 Somali civilians today. Yeah, this probably happened this year so yeah, far. At least. How many people in Yemen? How many people in Syria? But those are How many brown, people in those Iraq? Are brown and black people. Oh, so. those are brown and black people. You yeah. are right about that. Okay. They're so not, you're saying they're a, not Nazis in Ukraine. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, the country's got behind it because these are white people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I got you. Yeah. Here's the problem. Um, we don't exactly have the moral high ground here, and we are punishing billions of people and making their lives harder. Because we are upset that Russia invaded Ukraine, or that's just the excuse. And we wanted to do this anyway. We'll leave you with that today. How about that? Ponder that. Yeah. Put that in your blunt and chew on it. And by the way, we did all these sanctions. Are they, have they left Ukraine? Are they gone? Ukraine get their country back? Mm. No. They're still there. Is Russia unable to sell their oil? No. China and India are buying their oil for cheaper than we're buying all of our oil. Because Russia's selling that a discount to them. Mm. So it's actually benefiting China and India. Hmm. That's kind of weird, isn't it? This is all getting strange. Huh. Yeah. All right. Why don't y'all just think about that? Yeah. All right. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, the children, and a foe, including Putin. He probably needs to hear this, you know, because we want him to turn to liberty. Okay. So share it with everyone you know. And then also leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you do all of those things, go to mastermytrades.com 
Then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning Labor Day.